Yo, what's going on? Welcome inside the TTO studios for another edition of The Audible presented by Verizon. My name is Gabe Henderson alongside Ben Lieber. And Ben, as we start the show every week with 5G built right for the Vikings, Minnesota can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. It's week 15, though, and it feels like a month ago that we've had our last game. And that Steelers game, the Vikings finally got another win in the win column. It was the first half, just complete dominance. Mm -hmm. And our team came out ready to play. The crowd was awesome. The environment was amazing. And it seemed like they could do no wrong. It was so fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, in, in some regards, it was, it was almost kind of boring to a sense at the end of the first half because yeah. I'm like, we're doing everything right. Like, we, we're getting, like, no, like, huge splashy plays from them. I wanted to be a little bit more compelling. I'm like, don't get me wrong. I did not want to complain too mm -hmm. much. But I'm like we got to have a, a different storyline other than just true dominance. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's funny that you say that because I, I felt like the exact opposite. Like going into the week, I was like, man, we lost to the, to the Lions. I'm like, here we go, another week. we got to step up and play a big game. And I was like, okay, this will be a nail-biter. And if it's a nail-biter, I'll take our chances just because we're at home. But like once we went up 29-0, to zero, uh, Pete Burstage said, man, it feels so, it's so much more fun when we're winning. And like at that moment, I was like, don't get too far ahead of yourself. And I'm like, all right, 29-0. Like we've we haven't been in this situation before. So like, what do we do with the lead? And and fair enough, we got further along in the third quarter and they started to make a run. But that first half alone still was the best football this Minnesota Vikings team has played. You know, I really, I really thought that Pittsburgh was better than most people thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were giving up some runs, and, you know, we kind of broke it down. I'm like, well, you know, you look at the Chargers game, and Justin Herbert had 90 yards himself. And yeah. so, like, you know, is there more to the stats? And, you know, there's only two games in the last five games that they had played where they'd given up over 100 yards to an actual running back. Everything else is kind of by yeah. committee and quarterback runs and stuff like that. And I'm like, I was trying to give them some respect. And then, <laughs> and, and then you look at Roethlisberger himself, I'm like, Yes, we've kind of all laughed and snickered at some of his memes and some yeah. of his viral stuff where he's falling down, but he still makes a lot of great throws, yeah. makes a lot of great decisions, and still has a great arm. So he can, he can hurt you. But we came out in that first half, I'm like, it, it seemed like virtually every Everything. run, Dalvin wasn't getting touched for like seven or eight yards. I think we had a, a 11 or 12 plays of 14 plus yards in the first half. You're hoping to be that explosive, you know, in a game and a half, right? Not, not one half. Um, <laughs> So it was, to, to echo what Pete was saying, it was fun to watch our mm -hmm. team just go out there in prime time, mm -hmm. you know, when the whole football world was watching on Thursday night, that they go out there and, and put on a show. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the offense scored on four of our first five possessions. The defense had four sacks and a forced fumble in the first half. And then we get to the second half. They, I mean, sometimes we forget that the other team gets paid, too. They yeah. have guys on their team that gets paid, too. They have coaches on their team that gets paid to make adjustments also, and they made those adjustments. I, I think just from an overarching theme of the game, Ben Roethlisberger was better than what we thought. Yeah. And then their run defense, we thought it was just a little bit better before we played them. So we, I wouldn't say we took, took them for granted in that sense, but still, when they started to make those adjustments, it was like, oh, now this is a real ball game. I mean, they, they came out. Granted, we had an unnecessary roughness, which led yeah. – well, we had a taunting penalty, which led to their first touchdown – and then the following drive, we had a pass interference on third down, which led to their second touchdown. Those momentum swings are mm -hmm. huge in the game of football. We haven't played with a lead of that magnitude all season long. Mm -hmm. And with this particular team, how is our team going to come out and perform? Were they going to put their foot on the gas and keep their foot on the gas? Mm -hmm. 
Are they going to let off a little bit? What's the vibe going to be like? How motivated is Pittsburgh going to come out of their locker room with their adjustments? And, and lo and behold, they start making some plays and they start, you know, you know, changing the tides of the game. And um, those things happen. And like you said, those guys get paid too. Right. They go, they're not going to go out there in prime time and want to get embarrassed. You <laughs> right. know, they're not going to want to, you know, look like the, the Las Vegas Raiders where they're stomping on logos and then just get absolutely <laughs> trashed. You know, like they're going to go out there and they want to keep it respectable and compete. And, right. and knowing that Mike Tomlin is their head coach and, and knowing his personality, he was not going to let those guys give up and give in. And they didn't, yeah. you know, they clawed back, they made some adjustments and, and, um, you know, we made some unforced penalties, like you're talking about with Chris Boyd and his taunting penalty. That Those plays matter in those moments, and they took advantage. Well, I'm thankful for guys like Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith on defense because those are big-time players that make big-time plays in big-time moments. Harrison Smith, last play of the game, PBU. Mm-hmm. Should have never came down to that moment, but I've been on record saying this. Harrison Smith in disguise last Thursday was a sight to see. I feel like he had more rushing yards than Dalvin Cook, who had 205. The way he was running around the field at the line of scrimmage pre-snap when the ball is snapped in cover two. What he does for this defense, I know it doesn't always show up in the stat sheet, but like we need him. And I'm glad he's on this team. Yeah, I think everybody at this point has seen that play where he ran essentially 45 yards in one play where mm-hmm. he was at the line of scrimmage. First of all, he, he starts off in a, in a two-high shell, runs down the line of scrimmage runs back to where he started mm-hmm. and then he kept his eyes in the backfield and it was just kind of a sweet play that got kind of strung out to the outside he was able to put his foot in the ground come back 15 yards and make a tackle <laughs> for a loss and it's like crazy he went 15 there 15 back 15 again it's like and that was one play and crazy and, and it was all done full speed you know <laughs> and, and and with timing that to me um with he and kendrick's the way kendrick's just the way he can drop in coverage, the way he's so smart, the way he can run the alleys and make plays, for sure the best game of his, of his season so far. For sure. Might have been his best game that he's had in the last couple of years. I mean, mm. he was that active. He was that impactful in confusing Roethlisberger in that offense, even for all the plays that he didn't make. Yeah. My opinion, I think it's the best game he's had since Sunday Night Football last year against the Bears, where he was literally everywhere on the field, doing literally the same thing. There was a break, a cut down of that, of that game a couple uh, last year where – he started at the line of scrimmage, went back to a two-high shell, then got an interception or a PBU on the same play, and it's just like, like you can't coach this. Yeah, his timing's impeccable, and obviously that comes with knowledge of the defense, you know, and, and repetition and practice and in games, and you got to have your practice reps mimic what you want to do in a game, mm-hmm. and and I know that gets even more difficult with the way that they're conducting practices now because it's not always a hundred percent, but. When it comes to disguising like that and showing and, and you know, a two-high shell or a single-high coverage and then going back and forth, that can be still done in full speed. Mm-hmm. And so it's a credit to him that he's put in the work during the course of practice because that sort of thing just doesn't happen. Right. You, know, you know how the game is played. Yeah. You just can't go out there and be like, oh, I'll mentally go through it in my mind <laughs> of like, okay, here's the cadence and I'll just kind of run back and forth. And like, no, no, no. You got to do that in practice on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, mm-hmm. and it's got to be full speed. And then that way you can do it on Sunday during the game. And so, um, you know, the work he's put in, obviously, it shows. And um, he's a special talent, man. He does things that you know a lot of a lot of safeties and a lot of players in the NFL can't do. For sure. What about our guest of the night tonight, Sheldon Richardson, a guy who um, they move him from defensive tackle to defensive end, and something that we don't see much in the NFL. We know he's switched back and forth in his career, but. Usually later on in a guy's career, that they pretty much become a staple at one position. So his adaptability and his, I guess, coachability and selflessness has shown and it's starting to show up in the stat sheets. Yeah, and, and 
what an awesome way to use that weapon that he is, knowing that he can win with speed and, and flexibility on the inside, but you kind of wonder, like, man, he, these edge rushers are mm-hmm. edge rushers are six five, six six, mm-hmm. you know, got long arms, and he's not that guy. And you know, how's this going to work out? We know that he's got some juice and he's got some some twitch to him, but is he going to win on the outside against these tackles? Right. Well, he is. You know, <laughs> he's like, been doing it. He's been doing it, and he's <laughs> and he's been one of the bright spots. You know, everybody has to make adjustments. I think this is what they talk about when they say, you know, next man up. And maybe the next man up is not the guy that's directly behind mm-hmm. one of our defensive ends. Maybe it's a guy that we have to find from another position. Um, and we and we can just kind of like change his role and change his mentality. And so I, I'm excited to talk to him about that. Well, stuff. the next man up is Sheldon Richardson. He's coming right up. Stay tuned for our guest this week, Sheldon Richardson on the Audible presented by Verizon. All right, welcome back inside the TCO studios. Gabe Henderson here alongside Ben Lieber. My guy Sheldon Richardson finally joining the show first time. Um, Sheldon, every time we uh, start this segment off, we do it with a trivia question. Okay. So we got a trivia question for you. You ready? All right. (laughs) Put your thinking cap on. (laughs) I have to practice y'all. You should know this. Talk to me. The Vikings recorded five sacks against the Steelers last week. You know that. Mm -hmm. Which is tied for most in the game this season. Week one at Cincinnati was the other other time. What is the team record for most sacks in a single game in Vikings history? Ten and a half? Yeah, ten. ten it's ten or ten and a half. Oh. You remember the game? Yeah, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, we set a franchise record that day. Do you, do you remember who had sacks that game? Who had sacks that yeah. game? Me, Tom, Griff, Daniil. I think Linval had one or two. I can't think. Shoulder. I, I, of course, I had one. I had one for sure. I know Tom. It might be Tom had one. All right, you had you got Tom right. You got Griff. Uh, Daniel had you, like three and a half. Daniel had three it's and a crazy. half. Uh, yourself, you had a half. Right. And then there's two others. One, I'll say not one, Linval. One is not a, Linval. Yeah. One is a defensive end. One is a member of the secondary. Mm. He's still on the team now, though. Right now. Yeah. McKenzie. Yep. McKenzie. All right. <laughs> All right. And the other DM. Stephen Weatherly. Yep, there you go. Gotcha. Bingo. Yeah. Daniil had three and a half. Ed with one and a half. Tom Johnson, two and a half. Yeah. He had two and a half. Yeah, he was Curse. in that game. I missed like four. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Did you really? Matthew Stafford shook, shook the drawers off of me. But <laughs> yeah, he definitely did. He definitely did. He got like three. I had like, I had three ops to get a sack that game. So, and I only got half. I, like I remember, that. I mean, I remember just watching on the sidelines. Like, you guys beat him up. That was a fun game, man. Yeah. That was a fun game. Like, what is it like as a defensive line, like, when you have a day like that? I mean, even, like, the first half against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, like, when, like, everything is just rolling. Uh, well, you know, first thing, you know, you got to take care of the run. I mean, you're doing that, right? You know what I mean? Uh, other than that, I mean, the offense is playing. We're playing complimentary football. I mean, you're scoring points to put them in position where they're throwing two times out of three downs instead of one. And, uh, you know what I mean? And other than that, uh, you get guys getting sacked. The Neil probably started it off with the first two. And then he'll look up and like, bro, you're not the only one finna get a sack today. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to look at him and tell him that because you know he is. Oh, you're flexing. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? He'll give you some flex. No, you like that. And, uh, you know, that, 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 that in-room competition, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's friendly, uh, friendly competition. But it's definitely, we hold pride to that, though. You know what I mean? Uh, for us, that going. I know that during the game, you probably don't, you probably don't feel bad for any opposing quarterback that you're attacking. But when you watch when you watch the film of that game, is there any part of you that are like, damn, man, I feel bad for Stafford. Like he got beat up. 
Not at all. <laughs> Not one bit. That's the only time he get hit. That's true. That's the only time he get hit. Like, that's flat. probably just probably his worst. Most getting sacked in the game that day, that uh, that that go round. So nah, you don't feel bad for him because he was they, all bloody and beat up and hobbling around. Welcome to like, the NFL. Yeah, I like it. He older than me. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to the NFL. He probably, but you know, he came in. It was a little more brutal for him. You know, but uh, you know, he was making thirty million dollars a year, so he'd be yeah. all right. Yeah, it's good It'd perspective. Be all right. <laughs> I can't argue that. It'd I'd be take all 10 right. and a half sacks by making 30 million. It'd be all right. I'm still throwing two, 300 yard games. I did my job. That's all you can do. All right. So, last time Michael Pierce was on the show, he said whenever the defensive line gets three sacks in the win, Coach Patterson's like, yeah. Explain the sack cake. Mama Pat, get a cake. What do you mean? Like, what's in it? Like, what's in it? Motivation to get more sacks. <laughs> More cakes you eat, more more money you get. For some reason, it always seem to pan out like that. But it's always cooked out of love. Uh, Dre Hodges to a you know higher higher standard than the most most coaches would. Uh, he feel like it's always on us. Like my coaches really say that, but I mean he truly do mean that. Like and it, and not just him meaning it, his D linemen believe in it. So yeah, I mean and uh, a powerful thing uh, always starts with belief, and he always get us in the right. For the most part, he get us in the right position to mm-hmm. make plays. Speaking of belief, I got a like you got an interesting story, man. Being from from Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, number four overall recruit in the nation, coming out of high school, you go the 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 JUCO route first, right, and then you go to Missouri. Like belief, you just said belief. Like it took a lot of belief to 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 get to this point. But but walk I, me through that. Nah. Blessed, man. Honestly, uh, angels was watching over me to, you know, throughout my life, and uh, no, no question, no way of dodging that one. Uh, so ended up at four, trying to five. I ended up playing football instead of going to school, wow. and I hit the ground running. That was the only thing I wanted to do. That was the first thing I was exposed to. I was always a, not sheltered, but I was definitely a homebody type of kid. Uh, and you know, honestly, man, just you know that juco route. Fast forward and that juco route, uh, that ain't for the faint of heart. Mm. At all, uh, you know, cats go hungry, sleeping on your old clothes. Uh, you know, that's why I was a little bit reckless coming in, cause you know I always took the harder way route, uh, the rebellious route, as my pops call it. And uh, you know, I, but me playing this NFL, something I knew I was gonna do from day one. That that I was obsessed with it. You couldn't tell me nothing else back then or now. So mm. even now, I'm still telling them like, bro, people don't want to talk about me much because of my mishaps and you know, understanding in the league. And that's fine. I don't really care about being famous, but get credit when credit is due. Uh, people be like, I don't make highlight plays or something like that. Or, yeah, you would be surprised. No. Colin, yeah, Colin, I've seen is, a few. Colin Cohort said that, Cohort said that when, uh, you know, the Browns had, had brought in Jadavion Clowney, it was like, Sheldon's a better football player, but he doesn't make highlight plays. And I'm like, you don't even make sense. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. what media goes and media driven. But one thing for sure, two things for sure, and I ain't care about what media perspective has been about me for a long time now. So I'm just making sure that every game, every every rep I take, my opponent and my teammates know I'm going going A one A one to the balls type deal. So and then I want to know, and then coaches coming after me at the game, telling my boy, you, you cold. I'm like, yeah, it's been about nine years. Ago. <laughs> like, yeah, fam, like. I play across the ball, you know what I'm saying? Uh, more I can do. I'm 31 years old. I'm playing DN. I came in as a D tackle. Linebacker, played everything in this league to play. For real, for real. Got two rushing touchdowns. Mm. I mean, bro, I didn't have a ball. I'm for a little career I didn't have. So uh, you, you've, you've said a lot of stuff, and we want to get into a lot of stuff, especially if you transition to defensive end spot. But I do want to touch on and go back to junior college because I, I do think that 
it's a term I don't think that people fully can grasp. They you know, you got to experience. You, it's one of those things where like, oh, he, he just went the JUCO route and then went and played at, at X college after that. And usually it's, you know, in this case, a power five conference uh, team. But the, it's really bare bones in, in junior college. Like, you know, people you know, don't understand like. As how, a man, as a man, I don't want to cut you off. As a man. Go ahead. Those are your first steps without your parents being able to actually like take care of you. You go hungry and you ain't got no money in your account. Like you ain't eating that day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I miss meals to get ramen type deal. Like nobody can never tell me that I ain't, I don't deserve nothing. You know what I'm saying? That with all the problems I brought on myself, like you don't, people ain't taking care of your classes like they try to do in high school. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. Mm. My first experience is growing up as a man and I like the way I panned out. <laughs> Mistakes and all. I like a little Hawaiian you know, for real. But it had to made you really appreciate everything you got at Missouri because you went from you know I've heard stories where guys are like, man, I had to I had to scrounge and find cleats. You know if if I ripped a now, hole. No, my in folks and I, I ain't gonna never see knock my folks because they did what they could and uh, you know what I mean it was it was enough for me. I wasn't a kid that wanted a lot of stuff except just to be great in football. Uh, my, I mean, cleats and stuff like that. I mean, my pops was A1 on that one. We wouldn't <laughs> second to none for us, the gear for how they go. And, uh, you know, but I mean, for like the little necessities as a man, like your light bill being on, paying your rent, uh, you only get so much stuff, financial aid and stuff like that, uh, to do that. And then, you know, it's like little ways you got to maneuver around the system to make sure you eating all, all the time type mm-hmm. deal. Like it's just, it's, it's, People go JUCO, and I'm telling them right now, it's not for the faint of heart. It really isn't. Because I, I myself, where you see me sitting at today, thought about quitting playing football. Hmm. I mean, it's kind of, I won't even say JUCO at junior college is glamorized, but one of the, the most popular shows on TV is Slash Chance U. Hmm. It tells the, the stories from players who went big time D1, and they actually get their last chance at the junior college. Hmm. But you don't really see like the stuff that you're talking about where like these guys really got to fight for what they got. But like you said before, the belief to get out of that situation that you were going to make to the NFL, who, who was someone that you, you depended on or somebody that, that helped you through this process? My rocks, both of them, my moms and my pops. And that's just in a nutshell. I ain't really had too many people calling what they call me now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh. And it's our love still, you know, my outside extended family, they tap in when they can, you know, uh, but just been my moms and my pops my whole life. That's who been there for me from day one. My best interests are hard from day one, right, wrong, going different. They still going to show me love. If I'm wrong, they the one going to put the boot on me. Uh, I call them my leash now as a grown man, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know where I'd be without them. You know what I mean? When I got in trouble back then, uh, when I was with the, with the Jets, I wasn't so embarrassed about what I was doing because, you know, at 22, 23 years old, I was like, yeah, 23. So when I was doing that, the embarrassment for my folks hurt mm-hmm. me more than, because that stuff you see, somebody do that today, you you can go to work the next day type right. deal. But mm-hmm. the fact we're in the NFL, they made a headline out of it. That was just embarrassing. My mom so had to look me in my eyes, you know, like people keep asking me, are you okay? And this and that. And people think I'm a junkie or mm-hmm. this and that. Or I'm deranged because I like driving fast in cars. I'm like, well, what they was doing at 22, I bet you they wasn't doing it in the Bentley. Mm-hmm. They doing it in a Honda Accord. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but teachers, on, you know what I mean? So we just leave it at that, and I, we moved forward from it. Our relationship got even closer, you know what I mean? And uh, You know, outside of, like, showing that appreciation to them, what have you done and what when you had a chance with your, your NFL salary and money 
to, to kind of give back to your parents to like physically show them that like, hey man, I appreciate everything that you guys have been in my, being my rock. Oh, they stubborn. They stubborn. <laughs> they more stubborn than me and that's tough. That's tough to do. I don't like gifts. Don't give me enough for my mm-hmm. birthday. You ain't got to do nothing for me. I am okay. That's how I was when I was growing up though. When I signed my, my next big deal, I ended up buying them cars. I tried to get them, still trying to get them into another house. Yeah. Won't go. Won't so go. I done bought like three cribs around the way in St. Louis and they ain't going for neither one of them because, I mean, my mom's, my, my big mama, my, 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 my great grandfather built the house that they, that we grew up in. So it got too much sentimental value to her. Pops don't mind leaving, but he with his woman. So he, 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 he <laughs> going to thug it out with her. So, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's just the way Which that goes. Really respectable. And I, and I told him, I was like, a lot of, a lot of kids this generation wouldn't know, understand what tradition is, like the true value of a tradition. Like it's something they just got to deal with type deal. Like, you know, I just hold myself a little different. I, my last names is two last names is Robertson and Richardson. They both gonna they both gonna hold weight to the day I die. Mm-hmm. That's it. I honor my last names. That's it. So like you said, JUCO taught you a lot about getting to where you are today. And I know last week was Mike calls my cleats. You did the Vikings table food truck, and mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook is heavily involved in that. Why the Vikings table food truck? I don't have a foundation. Uh, okay. I do a lot of you know stuff off the field. You know what I'm saying I go back. I get my high school uniforms. Uh, yeah, just donated what about thirty, forty thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars to um, at home inner city kids. Do you know what I'm saying home need for Christmas type deal? You no know, single mothers and stuff like that. But the difference is between me and Cash and like who in uh, this type of spotlight, they do it with a camera on their face. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, I really sit here and tell you I did it, and you just got to go off my word. Versus me, like, hey y'all. <laughs> I'm helping the needy, like you know what I'm saying. But these are the cats that they get the uh, endorsement deal, so I see why cats is doing it. I'm not here hating on nobody, you know what I'm saying. Do your thing, but I mean, I just, if it's out the heart, it's out the heart. You don't need nobody to see it. That's just me. That's respectable. You know what I'm saying. That's, That's respectable just me. for sure. That's just me. But to each his own. Once again, if somebody finna sit here, you donate a hundred thousand dollars, you get five million out of it. Two down a year and a half later down the road, do your thing. See, that's that's the type of values I'm, I'm guessing that adding this all up. You talked about your upbringing, your parents, the tough love that they showed you, um, the perspective that you've gained in your in your life by making your own admitted mistakes and learning from them, being a dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How, oh, yeah. How, to your daughter, Riley. Oh, like, yeah. How have you sort of tried to be that teacher to her, you know, from all the things that you've learned? Every day is a learning curve for being a parent, but I really want to say me growing up with all brothers, mm. it's kind of hard to relate to the female aspect yeah. of upbringing. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying, us being athletes is kind of hard for me. It was kind of difficult for me to just sit here and be like, all right, so we really finna like, watch like three, four, five, ten hours of uh, frozen and lucky and <laughs> spirit the horse and all that. And then, you know, next thing you know, she, you know, her personality started coming on out. She's five now. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, she act just like me. Really? Scary th- scariest thing in the world. <laughs> so your, dad, your daddy's a girl. Scar- mm, yeah. yeah. She wow. is. She is. She loves them all. Life's got a weird karma thing, doesn't it? She <laughs> does. It does. It truly does. It truly does. It's a blessing. Uh, like I said, I'm prepared for it. Whatever come my way, I'm making sure I'm doing my, my earnest to to make sure my daughter be her own person. You know what I mean? You don't have to come up here and you ain't got to work for nobody. Your daddy owns a lot, you gonna own a lot too. And I'm gonna show you how to be a leader versus you following the lead of somebody else. Man, that's awesome. Well, let's talk some football after the break. That's cool? 
Let's talk. We'll be right back with more from Sheldon Richardson on the Audible presented by Verizon. All right, we're back. This is the Audible presented by Verizon. Sheldon Richardson is here. Ben Lieber is here. My name is Gabe Henderson. Uh, Sheldon, if I had a, a lasting impression of you this year, it's the last play against the Baltimore Ravens where when they won the game and I just saw you just like snap your, 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 your chin strap. And I was just like, this dude is passionate. This guy wants to win. Your thought process just on this season this far? It could have been more mm. if it was younger than me. I used to slam helmets and stuff like that, a frustration. But, you know, you, you live by that rule. You hate to lose more than you love to win. It, it kind of don't sit well <laughs> with you, you know. But you can't get mad at nobody but yourself because you always feel like I need to do more. Mm. Like, I've always felt I need to do more, want to do more. Uh, you know, and then I was doing limited roles and stuff like that too coming in this season. So that's something to get used to. And, uh, you know, it's just you feel like your hands be tied sometimes when you're in that, in that predicament coming from an older older guy looking in it, mm-hmm. especially when you've been in the root of stuff like that. And then, bro, it's just, yeah, man, the team has so much fight, bro. And then it's like we need we, we deserve to do, do better for ourselves mm-hmm. because we put this work in. Bro. Zim is a tough coach. Great, great defensive scheme. That great defensive scheme, first of all. Now, whether we execute it not, that's a different question. And he gonna let us hear about it. But I mean, it was, like I say, you, the the little things, attention to detail in his defense is is definitely what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I that's where most cats get away from because they see guys doing and freestyling. Oh, but Aaron Donald rush like this mm-hmm. or this cat cover like this and. I'm like, yeah, you not none of them. <laughs> yeah, they, that's the reason they, why they, they They mean they built the system around AD and it worked for him. You feel me? He came out with 20 sacks when they built the system around him. I know the system very well. I was in the same type of system with Rex Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's three technique friendly, uh, defense in three technique friendly. But I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, you got to balance it. You got to do your job, but know when the players that come to make, or uh, for you to make them, just make them. You don't have to make them hard. We didn't had. I didn't miss a couple sacks this season. Got a sack and didn't get credit for it. I mean, it that that that's Which one. The one with Harry. Okay. Okay. That was one. The one they gave her mine and San Fran. I definitely <laughs> touched Jimmy. We laughing now, but I mean, this this is just some of the stuff that cats go through and think about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And some of the decisions they make in the plays and the, and how they plan the game type deal versus playing the system. You know, you talked about doing, always wanting to do more, and that's always been a part of you since you were a young four or five year old playing football. Man. Well, you had a great opportunity to take advantage of that opportunity this season. Man. You know, you guys have injuries, and you know, Daniil and 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 Ev being out, they got to move you to defensive end. Like that, that was a sneaky move that I guess I wasn't thinking about on the outside looking in because I've always just seen you as an interior, you know, defensive lineman. Even mm-hmm. though you you have moved around, you played a little bit of everything, but. Dude, that's been a great move to have you go out there. What's been what's been one of the keys to to that transition for success as a defensive end? Me personally, that that's an easy transition. Is that? Uh, it's not too hard for me. I've been playing uh, deep. Well, when I was coming out of high school, I was ranked as a defensive end. Mm. I was third in defensive end, first at D tackle, and I only played one snap at D tackle in high school, and I was number one at tight end. Uh, so that coming out like that, just me being versed in playing football across the board, not just particularly one spot. And it wasn't never throughout a year. This is week to week. So I'm always had to, if I was on defense, I had to cover their best guy if couldn't nobody cover him. I had the, the best offensive lineman I'm going against them type deal. Like, 
And that was every week. And then when I get tired, she had to go to the weak guy. We think the one of the weaker links on the chain type deal. So me playing football like that has always been my my MO for real. I stat sheet stuff for That's what I always like to call it. No matter how you get it done, just get it done. It don't have to be pretty. I know y'all see the videos of swiping hands and all that, and the guys jumping through looking like nice big old ballerinas. But nah, just sometimes you gotta go run through somebody's face mask for real. Like all game too. <laughs> like all game too. Cause cats don't expect it. Especially at tackle. They not going against two ninety five at end. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you I ain't trying to run around you. That's too much work. Cause the quarterback step up and you break pocket, drain on my back. So nah. Yeah. And then you know it's just that I mean it's the way it go. Like you run around a black defense, the three technique win that time, he got a way to go out now. We hold each other accountable to make sure we all getting sacks. Yeah. Not just one guy. After the sack against Big, Big Ben on Thursday, uh, we got you on camera saying, after nine years, I finally got a free one. Yeah, yeah. So that's got to be your most proud one, right? Most proud one? Well, the, the easiest one. Oh, most definitely the easiest one I ever got. Okay. Me personally, the most easiest one I ever got. Most definitely. <laughs> most de- and, and that's my first time getting Big Ben. Oh, wow. Is it really? First time getting Big Ben for an official sack. Like, first time it was a freebie. I take it on his way out, too. <laughs> Only other quarterback I missed was Peyton. Really? Man. Wow. So you got time? Drew. Oh, yeah. You got them all. We, we got, got time. Yeah. We got time. We got time. <laughs> yeah. Who, who we got that, time. Who was that player during Halloween that put, put up gravestones in the front yard? Of Miles. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Miles yeah. Garrett. That was brilliant. I like yeah. that. That and was Colin nice. Murray after was like, why, why I'm on your tombstone, man? Because you got sacked, baby. In yeah. the graveyard. When lose a draw, you're on this tombstone. I love that. So you know, to go. The one thing about the Thursday night game that I'd love to get your, your thoughts on was you guys had those five sacks, and if I can remember right, three of those were those layup free sack type deals. Like the game plan that you guys had was yeah, was awesome. Yeah, definitely was awesome. And then they made adjustments at halftime. Well, I, I get that, but yeah. you know, from a blitz package standpoint, from a disguise package standpoint, very rarely do you get three free unblocked sacks in a game. Maybe I see a week to week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Somebody gonna come free. Uh, you know what I mean? That's you might get how... quarterback hits. You might get pressures, but. I got a linebacker sitting with five t- t- sacks, right? Four sacks, three sacks right now. How many? Uh, EK okay. got three? Five. Five? Right? Four, yeah. Four or five. I got a safety with four or five. That's crazy. I got a nickel with two or three. Two, three nickels with two sacks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so you can't, you can't tell me we ain't doing it every week. So, like I said, bro, I, that come from guys on the defensive line doing their job, eating up blocks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then the scheme just working. And a perfect play calling by coach, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, you got to get credit when credit is due. And uh, and then, uh, and kudos to them cats not missing their layups. Because right. those are very easy to do. Those are very easy to do. Those are very easy to do. You eyes get so big, quarterback <laughs> on you. You think it's a screen. And then so you would think it's a screen. You win so clean. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you he step up, move one way, and you diving forward, and you think you're trying to turn in the air. You know, it, it, I'm telling you, bro, it's fun. It's fun, but it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> By far, the hardest thing on earth to do is get a sack. Mm. It used to be hitting Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah it's definitely getting a sack. No question. Mm-hmm. It's stressful, bro. Stress- <laughs> it's stressful. Right. So, Chicago Bears coming up next. Mm-hmm. This is a, a game that it always comes down to defense. Mm-hmm. Granted, they do got two tackles that are rookies and I saw your eyes just light up. Uh, I thought you were talking about the other two tackles on the D-line, but keep going. Oh, they got, I mean, they got some tackles on the D-line too. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But defense, knowing that defense will probably win this game, what is your mindset? 
It's time to go win this game. Mm. We don't need y'all to put the pressure on us when we watching the film. Like, we compete against the other defenses too, and then you'll get down to it. Like, and then a lot of the games this season, it ain't too many teams getting blown out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even the Lions, they not getting blown out. They they was on, but you know, we gave them one. No question about that one. I mean, you can't, it's any given Sunday or Monday, for real, for real. So you just can't sit here and label a team bad when they when we are professionals and all can get out schemed and if you take a place, think somebody's sweet or something like that, even if they is, like you still gotta treat them as such. They get paid too. Man, yeah. Don't let them get their they confidence up on you. That's all you ask for. When it comes to attacking though, you know, it's easy for people on the outside looking in when you're playing like a Kyler Murray or Justin Fields and say like, oh, well, you know, it's all about pass rush responsibility and lanes and just being disciplined. But it's hard sometimes to do that, you know, when you're, you got you to beat a double team. Sometimes you get knocked off your spot because of a chip or something Hell, like that. They don't call them. Yeah. <laughs> Always a hold, they right? Don't Always call a hold. Only on us they call them. Yeah. But they definitely don't yeah. call them for us. Like, I, I know for a fact, I've had to put on a new jersey, name put on the back of my name, I got here with so much, grab the back of your head, and then as soon as you graze a face mask as a defender, yeah. not only is you getting a personal foul, 15 yards, you getting a nice little FedEx in the, on your mm-hmm. locker waiting on you next time you come back to the to come back to the facility. Which they missed one on Kurt on Thursday night. Don't even bring that one up. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly Don't what I'm even about. bring that one up. You gotta think these last four games, I guess, is when now. Oh, like, no question. The urgency is at its all-time high. No question. And then we let it, we left it out there for, you know, with this all the way back to what, San Fran? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We left it out there for the chips to, you know, kind of fall where they lie when after we, if and when we do, went out mm-hmm. type deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been in a position where I need a team to help me get in. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been in a position I don't want on my own just last season where you can go and you hold your own name, staking your own ticket to the dance, and it just hit so different, bro. And then it's like, they be like, what's the difference about the playoffs? Like, I had Cass ask you that. I told her, mind watch. I'm like, bro, you lucky, boy. You came into the league and touched the playoff already. Mm-hmm. People don't say this year. I say year eight was the first time I hit the playoffs, yo. That's I say wild. it's just what it is, bro. I say it's what it is. You know, when you look at this, this season, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, mm-hmm. some inconsistency. I know that there's, you know, you want to win every game. But for you personally, is there a game that you guys have lost that still bugs you? More more than the others. More than the others? Yeah. Uh, I would only one between Detroit and San Fran. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Cause the referees kinda let them have their way with how they was blocking that scheme a little bit. Tackling the main part the main point of you. Yeah, whatever. Bro, excuses, we lost. <laughs> I ain't even get into it. I think the one that, that still bothers me is the Cardinals loss, especially after seeing them lose on Monday Night Football. I'm like, mm-hmm. they, they are a good team. They're, no they're question. 10-3 no for question. a reason. But, no question. I mean, we, we missed a field goal that could have won the game. So it's like, ah. And then, like I said, we started this off that I think Eric Kendricks last, a couple of weeks ago said the Ravens loss is the one that still bites him. That's my, you, that's my, No, I'm just saying, like, I, I agree with – I think it was EK. That's, that's the one for me that I'm like, we were better than that team for sure. Like, that one drives me crazy when I look back at that game. We got four more. I was just going to say, yeah, I'm done talking about I don't want to get you all these things, and I'm running fight. back plays in my head right yeah, now. Yeah. Like, all these games, I'm just running back plays on what I could have did better. Sure. With San Fran, I got my knees banged up a lot early in that game, so I was actually, like, grimacing for the most of the day after the first quarter type deal. 
and I'm I'm up here trying to get Dre attention to get somebody to run on the field, me not wearing the situation, my fault. It's like 20 seconds left. I'm trying to get somebody on the field while they running down, and Dre wasn't listening, bro. And I was like, bro, I can't even run right now. So, and then you go Ravens game. I think I end up, yeah, bro. I, I, I put a lot of stuff on me. So, me personally, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for Monday Night Football. You ready? I'm definitely ready. Got to get a win. Well, for Sheldon Richardson, Ben Lieber, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of The Audible presented by Verizon. Yo, yo, welcome back to The Audible presented by Verizon. Gabe Henderson here alongside Ben Lieber. Sheldon Richardson just joined the show. Great, great guy, great person to talk to. If you missed that, you can head over to Vikings.com right now to check that out. But Ben, uh, segment four, the last segment of the show, you know we got to talk about the Chicago Bears. This is a, a matchup where, well, since Mike Zimmer has been the head coach of the Vikings, no team in this rivalry has scored more than 25 points at Soldier Field. So I'm expecting another dogfight on Monday. They're close games. They, they always are. Yeah. And they don't always have to be. Right. <laughs> we, we make it that way for sure. But sometimes we make it that way. And, and that is a tough place to play. And it's one of those places that I can't explain why. It's mm-hmm. sort of like this weird vortex of energy that when you step on that field, noon game, primetime game, yeah. Sunday, Monday, doesn't matter. Vikings just don't play well there. And, and I could not explain it. So you, so you would say Soldier's Field is still a, a scary site for, for Vikings? It is. I mean, it, it just is. You know, it was the last year they, they had a backup quarterback in yeah. there, you know, and we all like, oh, well, let's take a deep breath. And right. We got a backup quarterback and, and he killed us. Came you know? out to the last play. I, no matter what, that place does scare me. And um, no, it does has nothing to do with the turf. You know, it has nothing to do with the grass. It has nothing to do with the grass versus turf. It's just, uh, there's a weird vibe there. They got a guy in Robert Quinn on that side of the ball. What do you remember about playing with Robert Quinn during your time in St. Louis? I still remember in practice, the coaches are sort of harping on him about bringing some more juice, bringing some more energy, because he has a very sort of, it seems like a lackadaisical personality. He just kind of like saunters around. It seems like he's being lazy. And then there's times it doesn't look like he's giving everything, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's not the most twitchy and explosive but he's ultra productive and you get, you turn the tape on and you're like, he just kind of does everything right. And you're like, I don't know how he does it. He just kind of slips by and, and uh, he's had a great career. You look at his stats, you look at his career, like this guy's had a heck of a career. Right. I mean, and not, uh, not a lot of people know about him. He's got 14 sacks this year and it's the most sacks that he's had since 2013 where he had 19. Like they, they need his presence. And with Khalil Mack not being here, you got Robert Quinn, even without Khalil Mack, they have the fourth most sacks in the NFL. So this is still a defense that the Vikings offense has to take serious. Oh, for for sure. And they're and they're and because of that, their pass defense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they are making a name for themselves, mm-hmm. even though their number one guy has been out. And and just like us, they're making adjustments where they have to make adjustments. They their calling card is getting after the, the quarterback. Yeah. They're still doing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, th- they may not have the big name guys, um, but they're productive, and they're, they're a team that we have to respect. Yeah, and, and the fact that Akeem Hicks is coming back this week, we know his relationship with Dalvin. They're, they're not too fond of each other, and we're a top-10 running offense. Dalvin Cook just had a game, 205 rushing yards. you got to think we got to establish the run early against this defensive line, but still, 
What is your key to the game? You're like your one key to moving the ball in this Chicago Bears defense. I think that we have to continue to be creative. You know, you, you see JJ in the backfield the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. You see him getting direct handoffs. You see him getting sweeps. You see him getting those those direct, you know, hot throws to the outside. Continue to stay creative. Continue to change things up. Make the defense think. Make the defense adjust. You be the aggressor at all times. I think if we do that. We will win this game, and, and they've been proven that you know they're a top-five offense. We're yeah. a top-five offense for a reason. I, I do think they're susceptible to cutback runs. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, the beef of their team is in the middle. So getting opportunity to get some cutback runs, out-leveraging their defensive ends, or I guess outside linebackers in the 3-4, that would be key in order for us to getting some, some trunk, chunk yardage down the field. But I got to move to their offensive side of the ball, our defensive side of the ball. They got a quarterback in Justin Fields who almost fell to the Vikings in the draft. Yeah. Um, he, he's had a... Uh, a typical rookie season, six touchdowns, 10 interceptions, been sacked 19 times in the past six games. Yeah. Like, he's a guy that can play. To your point, it is hard to make that that jump from college to the NFL. And and I think that for him, he has lost confidence in his offensive line. He he does not want to, in my opinion, he does not want to run as much as he he does. I think he's forced to run mm-hmm. to to stay, you know, to keep the drives going, to obviously not take a sack and to play smart. But you go back to his college film, and he's much more, more of a pocket passer than mm-hmm. people thought. But because he can't trust his offensive line, um, his reads are becoming a little slower because he's adjusting to the speed of the game. All those things are adding up to where he's running the football a lot more than I think he wants. Mm-hmm. That's still dangerous because he's a dynamic runner, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's his MO. That's not what he wants to, wants, wants to do. So we are going to have to approach this a little bit like Kyler Murray, where you got to keep him in the pocket. Yeah, that that is – you couldn't have said that more perfectly. Keeping him in the pocket is the number one thing. Like you said, he doesn't want to get outside of the pocket, but when he does, mm-hmm. like, be aware because this guy can make some plays with both his arm and his legs. And that, I guess that brings me to my my matchup to watch. Uh, DJ Wanham versus their two tackles. Well, if Jason Peters doesn't play, and if he's right. not the left tackle, he's right. an 18-year vet. So if he doesn't play – you got Tevin Jenkins on one side as a left tackle and then Larry Borum as the right tackle. Matt Nagy said he may switch the two, but you got to think a guy in DJ Wanham who's seen Larry Borum in college, got an interception against Missouri in college, had a sack against Missouri in college. You got to think he's got to lick his chops and understand that, hey, this is a matchup that I should be favored in, and you got to take control of that and, and, and put the nail to the coffin. When you see their lineup like that and their, their lack of experience up front, Every edge rusher is going to be licking their chops, mm-hmm. thinking like, all right, you know, <laughs> I, I think this could be a stat padding game for me. You know, he still has to go out there and prove it. Uh, Wanham obviously could use this game to work on, work on some of the technical things to his game. And you look at how they might use Tevin Jenkins, you know, he, he was a right tackle by trade. You know, at Oklahoma State, he was a right tackle. That's, that's where he came out of the draft. So it's, it is hard to make that transition from right tackle to left tackle in the NFL and, and, Wherever they put him, mm-hmm. he's still he's still inexperienced. You know, you got a lot of a lot of different things to think about than you did at Oklahoma State. So um, and he's only played one. Last game was his first yeah, game in the NFL. Yeah, which is saying something too. You know, saying something about an offensive line that is not regarded as a great offensive line, mm-hmm. and you still can't crack the lineup when you, you're a, one of their top picks. Right. You know, so, second rounder. Yeah, I think that DJ along with Sheldon mm-hmm. and, and everybody else. Are looking, look at, they're looking at the game tape right now thinking like, oh, this could be a multi-sack game for myself. <laughs> Who's your matchup to watch? Their edge rush versus our, our tackles. You know, okay. we, we don't know at this point if Darisaw is going to be back in there. But having Robert Quinn, you know, attack his slippery nature against mm-hmm. our tackles is going to be huge. Because, again, they, they live and die by, by getting after the quarterback. So if yeah. we can stop them from doing that, 
Kirk's going to throw that ball down the field to Justin, and he'll, hopefully he's going to be wide open several times. Oh, God, I hope so. I know you said Eric Kendricks is your player to have a big game. Why? I think there's going to be a lot of free space to make plays in this game, and I think that he's going to do enough to uh, to get an interception somehow, <laughs> some way. So I, I have... Uh, I have him on a big game with a whole bunch of tackles and an interception. And I think the reason for that interception is going to be Dalvin Tomlinson getting interior pressure. He's going up against a second. I I, I hate talking about how long offensive linemen have been in the league, but it's a thing. When you have a center that's only been in the league two years, it's still a learning curve. He's Mm -hmm. given up. He's got four penalties, given up two sacks. It's just like, okay, we got a veteran guy who is really good at his job. Like this is an opportunity to teach him what it is like to play. Uh, an elite defensive lineman in the NFL. So I think Dalvin Tomlinson will attribute to Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith, some of those guys, uh, getting some takeaways and ultimately getting back in the playoff picture. We're six and seven, one of five teams in the NFC that are six and seven. We're eight seed, half a game out of that last spot. We got to get a win. We got to get a win. And I I like the fact that we're both thinking defense here for like our (laughs) player to watch, you know, our impactful player. You know, you can't, you can't afford to slide another game knowing, knowing that you have, the Rams coming in town, knowing that you got to go to Green Bay. Um, there's some there's some tough games coming up that you know can't look too too far forward, but you can't you can't afford to slip let this one slip either. So um, let's take care of business on Monday night, shall we? Take care of business on Monday night and talk about it right here on the Audible presented by Verizon next week. For Ben Lieber, Sheldon Richardson, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning into another edition of the Audible presented by Verizon. With 5G built right for the Vikings, Minnesota can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality.